Welcome to Currency Shift, the podcast where we showcase and share insights from first, only, and the disruptive. These are people who are creating new lanes and carving new paths for women, people of color, and diversity and inclusion. My name is Shade Simone. Let's get started. On today's show, we have Franny Melegrito. And she is currently a diversity recruiting specialist. She works with the recruiting teams and people around strategy on diversifying the top of the funnel. She wears many hats, one being working closely with the employee resource groups on their programs and being a resource for them. Franny takes her experience in the DNI industry to influence employer brands on their social media handles, creating content and campaigns to celebrate diversity. And and she does this with her current company as well. Franny was born in the Philippines and immigrated here at the age of six. Her upbringing and experiences in America have shaped her to forge the path she has created for herself. Her experience growing up in America as an immigrant and woman of color with lack of knowledge and resources is her driving force to making a difference so that women and people of color have a better experience than what she had. All right, we have Franny in the house. Hi, Franny. Hi. Let's go ahead and do our, our cheers today. Yeah, clink, clink. And cheers. Take a little sip or sip. Mmm, refreshing. This is water again, guys. I didn't learn my lesson. So on Sundays, <laughs> and you can't buy alcohol until noon. But it's all good. We're still going to have a good time, still put out some great work. Let's let's get this started. So, Franny, I've known you for a while. You're one of my like my favorite people here. Uh tell us a little bit about what you're currently doing as far as your career and what it is your impact that you're having. Yeah, so I've been in talent acquisition recruiting now for about f- over four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, my focus is diversifying the t- top of the funnel for the organization that I'm with. Um, also, on top of that, once they do start um, with the company, we also I, a big part of my job is also making sure that they feel like they're included, mm-hmm. that they belong, and creating programs around that. Okay, that's very good. It sounds very structured. You know what you're talking about. It's like this is something that you're definitely passionate about. But let's take like 10 steps back and really understand like how did Franny end up here? Like what were your aspirations when you were a child? Um, that's funny. This is completely not my aspiration. <laughs> um, when I was younger, if we're talking about like when I was back in elementary school, I loved basketball. Um I loved the Chicago Bulls, so I yes, wanted to. Yes, <laughs> shout out, shout out. The funny part is I'm from LA, so sorry Laker fans, but I really loved Chicago Bulls. Yes, and I wanted to be like a sports uh, therapist for them. Like, that mm. was Fanny's child dream mm-hmm. role. But then uh, I took some classes, like physiology. <laughs> 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 Things got real, and I realized I wasn't very good at it. Um, but what I did realize was uh, th- that was much better in a more business setting. Yeah. So how did you go from having these dreams of working on the likes of Michael Jordan and <laughs> Scottie Pippen? You know, like, at what point did it shift? Like, you said that the school, like, you took the classes, and you're like, nah, that's not for me. But how did you end up 
being becoming so passionate and focused on diversity and inclusion recruiting? That's a really good question. It actually didn't happen until really after my like within my second job. Mm-hmm. So my stepping stone into talent um, acquisition has been mm-hmm. sales. So that yeah. was a really long part of my career. So right after college, I knew I wanted to get into sales. Mm-hmm. But then after that, I realized I wanted to be a recruiter. And so when I finally did become a recruiter, I realized, you know, the power I had mm. to make an impact in diversifying the workforce. Say that, say that again for us because that, that's a great self-awareness that you have, understanding. Say it again. I don't, I don't want to say it. Say it. The power I had in that being, to, being, to be able to make an in- impact in diversity and inclusion. Yeah, because I think people really look at themselves and they say, oh, this is a career or this is a job, but they don't understand that the level of power that they have to truly be impactful in the community. It doesn't matter if you're an EVP or, or like a recruiter, like you are making a difference in the company and in the community. Talk to us about a little bit like your journey from sales into talent and acquisition, like what type of like struggle or pushback did you face in transitioning? Cause it couldn't have been, or it could have been like an easy process, but walk us through that a little bit. Yeah. Actually within my first organization, I think that's where I saw a lot of struggle mm-hmm. uh, because I knew that that was the transition I wanted to make. And so Everything that you learn in sales is transferable to a recruiter. You're a salesperson. Mm-hmm. You're selling someone to join your company, right? right? So I knew that was a no-brainer. But for me, I think there was a lot of things that were in my way and a lot of factors. The, the first company I was in that wasn't allowing me to get there. One was obviously just like as a salesperson, you have your own quota. So mm-hmm. it was worth like a hundred and I don't know, 80K a year to somebody. So that meant uh, not having someone bring that in and have them them come go to a different uh, department. And so I think that was the biggest thing for me. And I think that was the reason why I decided to move forward. Yes. Uh, the opportunity to move up wasn't happening for me in that mm-hmm. organization. And therefore, I found the next company. And the reason why I decided that I wanted to go there was because I figured they were much younger and the opportunity mm-hmm. for growth was going to probably be there versus the older company I was with. So just a lot of different factors. What was it about, at what point did you, because you were doing sales for a while at both companies, you were doing sales, Mm -hmm. your background is sales, but at what point in your sales position did you say, hey, you know what, I no longer want to do this type of sale, but I actually want to work with bringing people into companies. You got it. I was actually part of the recruiting process or the interview process with my yeah. first company. And I really loved being – when. so the portion of the interview process I was in was when they would do a ride-along. Mm-hmm. So someone who would pass the first stage would get to spend a whole day with me on the field and we'd drive around <laughs> – <laughs> in oh, so LA, this was a real ride along. Be- oh, it was a real ride along, <laughs> <laughs> Beverly Hills, um, and I got to show them what my daily, like what my day day to day looked like. Then I also got to help them get that hands on experience while they were on the ride along with me, and really be able to learn about this person and understand what they were looking for, what they wanted, the same questions that you would ask in probing. 
mm-hmm. I would do with this uh, candidate. And I really liked, I really liked being able to figure out whether or not the role that I was, that they were there for was actually a fit for them. Mm-hmm. And I found this, uh, like, I felt good about what the conversations were. I felt good when we hired someone that came on a ride along with me. Yeah. And I realized that's what I wanted to do next. So without knowing, your first job basically gave you an inside look Absolutely. In your your future. I had no clue I wanted to be a recruiter. Yeah. I just, through doing it, through experience and being open and really listening to what you're feeling is how I got there. Right here. <laughs> I like that. Like we're touching on some very important parts of self-awareness, which is really key because it sounds like you were very in tune and what made you happy and what got you excited and where you felt like you were putting majority of your purpose, like you mm-hmm. were living within your purpose because it felt good. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about when it felt bad <laughs> because, <laughs> because when you're a, re- good. when you're a recruiter, you're dealing with so many types of people from various backgrounds, various professional backgrounds, various understanding of the industry. Like w- tell us about how you push through when when you don't agree with the rejection, when you are upset with a candidate because it's like, dude, I'm giving you everything you want, but you're, you're holding yourself back. It's not me, it's you. Like, how do you navigate those type of situations and push through so that you're not taking on that candidate to the next one? When you, I'm sorry, just like taking on that feeling of like frustration. Uh, to the next one, yeah. from one candidate to the yeah. next. I mean, I think it's like, this is what I learned in sales is yeah. you don't – whatever conversations you have with one person, you can't really take it to the next. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly the same with your candidates. Mm-hmm. For myself, I think it's really being able to understand that candidate A and candidate B are completely different people. All right. Uh, and that's where you really learn about what they're looking for, mm-hmm. right, and what, what their motivations are, what gets them going, what makes them tick, what their next steps are, what's that big picture. Mm-hmm. And each – for the most part, most people are different. And if you as a recruiter or a hiring manager, you're looking for yeah. certain answers, you're already doing a disservice to your company and that person. Mm-hmm. And so being able to really identify what they want, what again, what motivates them, and knowing do they actually connect with what you're able to give as an organization mm-hmm. and can you see their success there is, is I think what's helped me to keep everybody different that I they speak to. Nice. And you you keep a good balance of not becoming too invested in the candidate as well, right? In the very beginning it was very <laughs> Like why aren't you taking this job? Uh, <laughs> uh, we were all rooting for you. <laughs> um I mean you're gonna go through people and then you're gonna realize, oh okay, well they said no for the best for both for both parties. Yeah. So I think reminding yourself uh of that. So, but I think, you know, especially, you know, when you're an internal recruiter, of course, you, you're passionate about the company you're hiring for. And it, it's hard <laughs> to keep the difference. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So one of the reasons why you're on the show is because you fit in with our disruptive category. And so the thing about Franny, guys, is that she is the biggest advocate for diversity and inclusion, but she does it with strategy, which is really unique. It's one of the unique things that I really like about how she approaches 
talent and acquisition. Tell us about some of the the strategies that you use when you're doing recruiting for any company or if you're going to a speaking event or if you're giving back. Like, what do you do? Yeah. So I think I didn't really answer one of your first questions okay. in the very beginning. Like, how did I end up where I am working in DNI? Mm-hmm. So this goes back to this exact um, question, which is when I found myself with the power to hire, mm-hmm. right? And I realized diversity and inclusion could actually be a job for myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't say, oh, I'm going to, this is the job I want right now. Right. I was like, what can I do right now to make an impact so that I can do the work, even if I don't have the title? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the title really doesn't matter. Right. It's your power and what you're doing with it. Say that again. Those are like some <laughs> some good aha, aha moments. It's the power and what you're doing with it. So when, again, D&I became a thing, uh, a bigger thing, I feel like it's always been a thing for yes. myself, especially being who I am. Uh that's when I realized, okay, this is how I can make an impact in the workplace. And so I decided to reach out to our head of DNI, along with the person who was doing the recruiting at the time. And I said, hey, like, how can I be involved? What can I do? And they gave me the ideas that I can do. So what can I do in my world where I can control all these things, right? Mm-hmm. So what haven't we done already to change things up? So if we're really talking about diversifying the funnel, then why are we doing the same things? Right. So how can we break that? What can we bring on board? What can we do to change it? What can we do to get in front of different people to bring to this company so they know that they can work here as well? And so that's where I started. Uh, they gave me the opportunity to just do it, yes. which I've always been so grateful for. Um, and just really being able to also... At the same time, look at the business that you're working for, right? Mm-hmm. What are the needs? What are the initiatives? And what is what is the idea that you're bringing to the table? What is it solving for? Mm. And I think that's the way, like strategically, that's how I've been able to think through the events, through the uh, partnerships. Anything I'm bringing to the table to the company now, it's asking, what am I solving for, for the business? Mm-hmm. But what type of impact am I making to the community and to my overall initiative, which is diversifying the funnel, making this place an inclusive place to work for. I, I, I like everything about your strategy. It reminds me of one of my mentors uh, when I used to work at Time Warner Cable, which is now Spectrum. Uh, <laughs> she said, it's important for you to raise your hand, mm-hmm. right? Not ask what someone can do for you and expect things to happen. You have to go out and make it happen by raising your hand as the first step. And so it sounded like you knew down the road, you saw what you wanted your career to look like. And it's just like, all right, what opportunities can I create? Mm -hmm. And then uh, speaking to a resource that's already in the position, uh, what advice do you have for me that I can take on now that will help me build upon what I want to do long term? So that's really good talking about relationships. Mm-hmm. So relationships are really, really important. And that's kind of the premise behind a currency shift, right? So we're, we talk about social currency, building social networks to gain access, influence, resources, and networking in the digital space that affects a person online and offline. Talk to us a little bit about how you use your digital network to affect things that are happening in real life. So when offline, you, sorry. 
So when you say digital network, you mean just like LinkedIn, LinkedIn. Instagram. Because on your LinkedIn, you have over 2K followers. And on your Instagram, you have have, uh, over 1,600. So talk to us how you use these social sites to really connect and tell your story, but also help tell the stories of others so that you can recruit them. You got it. Uh, So uh, when LinkedIn, I think that is where... I really did get the chance to meet and gain exposure myself to Mm -hmm. other people in the industry who are thought leaders. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I use LinkedIn for is really being able to follow people who are thought leaders in the DNI industry, looking at people who may be, um, you know, head of diversity to other companies. And I just, I follow them. I read what they have to say. I reshare what they um, are saying. And then when I have the chance to give my two cents, I do the same on LinkedIn as well. So it allows you to keep the conversation going because everyone's on LinkedIn, you know, Mm -hmm. whether you are you know, talent acquisition, your hiring manager, your VP, or your candidate looking for a new role, right. or just someone who wants to keep networking, that's a really great platform to so do that on. Why is it important that you share other people, like thought leaders, information? Like, why is it important that you share what they post? Well, for me, I think if I follow them and I agree with what they're saying, mm-hmm. It's really powerful what they're trying to communicate. So in order for me to share it, it allows me to just help spread the word or keep the conversation going within a network that they may not reach themselves. Mm, I like that. So you're extending their their network with yours. You got it. So even when you're online, you're connecting and maneuvering um, your networks to generate a bigger social capital, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And with the work, like the way I look at it around DNI, it's community over competition. Oh, say it again. One more time. Community over competition. So if someone might be with a competitor, but they're trying to do the same work as you in your industry. Yes. We should be working together because this job that we're doing, the things that we're trying to make an impact for, it's not going to change tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's not going to change in in one minute. It's going to take a really long time and it's going to take a really big community working together to get there. And I think that's why LinkedIn is really important. I also use LinkedIn for myself as education. A lot of these people share so much. There's so many great articles on there that you can just read in the morning with your coffee before you start your day to really help you just educate yourself or just understand what other person what another person's perspective looks like. So it sounds like with LinkedIn you generate a lot of leads and you have a lot of um connections on that end. Mm-hmm. How do you talk to us a little bit about Instagram? Like how do you yeah. use Instagram to really push your message but also continuing to be a thought leader in that space as well? So luckily again, going back to the power that I have, yeah. I have the opportunity to handle and create the content for my company's Instagram for our careers side, so for our employment brand. Mm -hmm. And so with that said, that's the best way for you to really be able to show somebody, you know, what your company looks like, what they believe in, and what the initiatives are they're doing. At the same time, what I've shifted in terms of just saying, oh, we did this, or we did that, it's really being able to do little uh, employee profiles. For example, most recently, I worked with our team to do a campaign around Latinx Heritage Month. Mm -hmm. And so typically, right, it's called Hispanic 
Heritage Month, right? Mm -hmm. For us, we decided to make a decision to call it Latinx Heritage Month to be more inclusive of the Brazilians and of just the other people that don't fall within that Hispanic uh, term. Right. And so with that said, we used social media to really help us tell that story mm-hmm. and then tell the stories of every individual that fall within that community at our organization. And social media, especially Instagram, has been that main uh, way for us to tell that story. So it's great because I've had other people tell me, you know, hey, I go back to your Instagram now to really, and I can look forward to what the next post looks like because I feel like I really am going to learn something new about someone different within your organization. I like that. Like, um, there was a quote that was trending a while back about, um, influencers on Instagram, like, what are you trying to accomplish? Like, do you want people to feel good when they look at your page or do you want them to feel bad when they look at your page? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think on your personal page, outside of what you do for the company, on your personal page, you really do a great job of balancing like showing off what you do for career, like your speaking engagements and everything. Like Franny is really, really involved, guys. Like this woman, I don't know how she fits all these travel engagements and these speaking engagements and these meetings all in like a weekend or a week. (laughs) But you do a great job of balancing your travels and your personal and and your work on your page. So it gives you like a a well-rounded view of who you are and what you're trying to accomplish. Um, But everything... Everything, it's it's well-packaged, right? What do you truly do, like, when there's a struggle point? Because you are you have a lot going on. You're taking on a lot. Like, how do you maintain your mental health as far as, like, balancing everything that you're doing? Uh, that's a really great question. I think I kind of want to go back to the Instagram and my personal. Yeah. So thank you for saying all these <laughs> things. I'm glad you noticed. Uh, but I think it's about... Back to that self-awareness of what who you who you are and mm-hmm. what you want your personal and professional brand to be. And for myself, even though people are like, "Oh, that's my Instagram," I you know I can put whatever I want on there. Mm-hmm. The reality is, who's following you? <laughs> you know, the reality is, it's your, me. <laughs> your manager is following you, right? <laughs> so that's also being self-aware and just saying like, oh, why, you know, or whatever it may be. So really, I think for me, that's the standpoint I take. You know, there's a lot of things I could share with the world. There's a lot of things I can put on LinkedIn, Facebook, and say what I'm feeling with everything that's happening today. Mm-hmm. But I ask myself, is that something that I can just share with my own personal network mm-hmm. uh, offline and really be able to work through my feelings and thoughts around that. Um, and at the same time, it's like, what do I want my social media to really be? Right. I really want it to be at a, a, a place where it allows to show who I am. I also show the happy sides of my life and mm-hmm. the not so happy sides of my life. Uh, and also show like the really things, really great things. I'm proud of what I do at my work and the proud of the things that I've done maybe personally to help myself move up. But it's really being able to say what type of messages do I want to use my social media for, for my audience? Cause at mm-hmm. the end of the day, that's what it is. Yeah. Right. And I'm public. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's like, I, what do I want my audience to see? but still at the end of the day reflect authentically who I am every day so just again bringing it back to that self-awareness I like that um what was your second question so so the the question was while you're while you're managing and thinking about your audience how do you think about yourself 
And how do you manage your stress? Yeah, that's a really great question. I think huge part is not necessarily going down into that rabbit hole on social media, on Facebook, mm. and seeing and letting all those things impact me. And so one of the things I've been practicing is when I see something online or I am really, really, you know, passionate about something, I think to myself, okay, I feel really impacted right now. Yeah. And should that feeling that I'm feeling right actually be, is that really my feeling or am I just reacting to it? Mm-hmm. And then learning to understand what you really care about and things that maybe are impacting you that's not really supposed to be for you and being able to separate those things will really help you understand what am I supposed to actually be going through every day. And it'll help minimize the feelings and the reactions that's not really for you. It's just kind of passing through you, right? So what I how I do that is I, say, I write it down. Mm-hmm. Like, go back to it maybe an hour later and say, am I still feeling <laughs> Do I still really care about that? Or was that just something I felt an yeah. hour ago because of today's society, a mm-hmm. lot of the things that's happening now? Um, and if it's still something that I'm feeling, I said, okay, well, what can I do about it? Mm-hmm. So taking a very solutions-oriented approach. Another thing I do for myself outside of just that is really taking time for Franny, Right. Being able to take trips outside of the city. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go on a trip by myself to Paris for my birthday. What? Really being able to say, like, what can I do to make myself feel better and not necessarily just take myself out outside of, like, my day-to-day. Because my day-to-day is a lot, right? Yeah. And so being able to just take some time for yourself. I like that. Like, I I preach this because I I think it's really, really important for people to feel comfortable being with themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's okay to be alone and get to know yourself, love yourself, have that. My favorite commercial was um, McDonald's for a while when they had the me time. Mm -hmm. And they were, like, having me time, but... Uh, McDonald's like to insert themselves mm-hmm. in your me time. So have a me time with a cafe. Yeah. yeah. But I thought it was really important because when you're by yourself, you learn so much more about yourself. You're able to like really think and just relax and be in nature. So I think that's really good that you actually, A, take the time to write out how you feel and then come back to it before you make bad decisions, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can't make decisions off of emotions and when you're in an emotional state. And then two, you actually travel or you figure out what can I do that's going to make me feel good, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Talk to us a little bit about how you celebrate your small wins. Like, what is it that Franny does? Like, if she gets a candidate in and they're like a rock star, golden, if you uh, do something like you did before where you, what did you do um, for the wedding? Oh, I officiated my sister's Yes. Like, how do you celebrate these small wins? Yeah, so I think it's really being able to figure out who in your life will help you celebrate those things, Mm -hmm. um, for one. Two, being able to say, like, being able to give yourself credit. When it's due, it's something that I've had to really learn throughout the years. So I think when I, when I did my sister's wedding, I was able to officiate it. I felt really good about it, actually. <laughs> uh, I put it on social media. That's how people yeah. knew about it. I put it on Instagram and I knew that I get some double taps on that and <laughs> get the love that I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, but whenever it comes to like little things, like I know that, for example, 
if I got a promotion at work or something great happened at work, I share it with the people to me that matters the most, right? My mm-hmm. mom, my sisters, uh, my family, my best friends. And mm-hmm. I let them know, like, hey, this up, this is something that's happened. I'm really proud of this. And I always know that they can that they'll always celebrate that with me. That's you right, know, right. you're one of the people that I told, you know, very early on in my time of me changing my role and mm-hmm. and I think it's like being able to go back to the people that you know are going to be really actually truly happy for you and celebrate with you on that end uh, if it's something really huge I buy myself something <laughs> <laughs> I go on a trip you know again just being yeah. able to know what's going to make you feel good about what you just did I think there's a very very important message in that is knowing who is truly for you. Like everybody has these massive friend groups, everybody has these massive networks, but it's really, really drilling into who is going to celebrate and be as excited as you are about your accomplishment, because that is going to fuel you to keep going. Mm -hmm. And it's going to actually inspire you to like do more because now you know, like, wow, I have a whole like squad behind me that's lifting me up and pushing me forward. I think that's really good. What is because you've traveled everywhere and you've kind of had like this very lucrative career, right? So of all the advice that you've received and the advice that you've given, what is that one piece of advice, just that one that you would put on a post-it note and put it on your desk? Oh my gosh. There's a lot of advice I've gotten, a lot of lessons, especially this year since I've had the opportunity to go to a bunch of different cities that we're in and meet a bunch of different people. Uh, but I think the biggest advice, and I'm going to screw up this quote, and I wish I had internet to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that quote that goes around where, um, gosh, hold on. I'm going to find it. Give me one second because I texted it to someone recently. <laughs> no worry. We're all about uh, making sure that everything yeah, is right. I want you to We know do this it. for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a song, Get It Right, Get It Tight. All right, maybe that's not appropriate, but <laughs> but that's what we do. Oh no, over here. It? hold on, I need to find it, you guys. It's so great. This is cool. This is like just vibing off a of good energy. Normally, at this point in the show, like the champagne has hit and everybody's a little lit and giggly, but this is just good vibes that you guys are hearing right now. Just good vibes. Oh, I didn't tell you there's champagne in my coffee. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that sounds like. A <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh no, where is it? <laughs> you do a search. Uh, I don't internet. <laughs> do you you in turn oh, uh, in your text. Uh, oh, in the text you can do a search. Oh, you're right. That Could- is true. That's what we have you. This- My good friend Danielle's in the building. <laughs> yeah. Dropping knowledge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hold on. There we go. No, it doesn't show it like it says only. Oh, goodness. You guys, I'm just going to try it out. Uh, right. But it's that quote that says, um, if you if you want to, I don't know, if you want to do your job, do like do it alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And mm-hmm. again, I screwed that up really badly. But I think one of my most recent uh, 
people that managed me gave me that quote. And when she said that to me, I realized it's true, right? I can yeah. be sitting here trying to make an impact. And there was often times in the organization that I was, that I'm in, I felt like I was alone and I felt like I was doing the job by myself. And mm-hmm. so, not until I realized bringing in all these different people from the resource groups, different employees to get involved, people yes. who are who have more power than me to get involved and telling them what my vision looked like, what I can do, has really helped me feel like, wow, we're reaching many a lot more people. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really about working smart. Right. Knowing what your goals are. And if you want, if you want, if you actually want your goals to become bigger and to get there and to actually come to fruition, you have to get your tribe to help you. You have to have people to help you to get there. You're not going to do it alone. Um, and if you want to make that bigger impact, you have to do it together. And I think that's where that community versus competition, uh, belief I have comes into play. Yeah. Because in order for us to make an impact in this, uh, in in DNI and in, in this work, mm-hmm. can't do it by yourself. That's that's a good point. Um, as far as being impactful, the more you have helping and following the mission, the bigger your impact would be. Which is which is really good on collaboration. So we've come to the point where we do the speed round, right? So with this section of the show, I just say a phrase or a word, and whatever comes to mind, you say. Okay. There's no right or wrong here. It's just go off the vibe, go off of how you feel right now, right? <laughs> so All this right. is where the champagne was supposed to be helpful. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> okay. I tried to dry one show, and it was it was cool. It was cool, but, you know, I don't know, the vibes. Just go off the vibe. We're good. All right, so favorite band? Oh, my gosh, I don't know. Your favorite band? Yeah. I don't really have one. Favorite artist? Favorite group? Whoever comes to mind. Well, I love Beyonce. <laughs> Everybody loves Beyonce. How I love it, though. How she come up with this? None. <laughs> none. Not once. You're the first one. Her. All right. Shout out to Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Uh, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Life. Life. Your favorite drink? Whiskey ginger. Yes. I love a good whiskey. Uh, role models. My mom. She's the strongest woman I know. Nice. Shout out to mom. Luxury item. A purse. Does any purse? No particular brand? Um, so I really do. I'm not into brands. It has to be a certain, like, purse that I really love. Just, like, a really nice purse that I love. It it can be any brand. It's really more about the aesthetics of what it looks like that matters to me. All right. Good to know. So if you need to get Franny a gift, um, just get her a purse, a yeah. really nice purse. There's a lot already, but please, <laughs> I would love more. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite food? Dumplings. Mm. Favorite country to visit? Spain. Spain. Best way to give back? Uh, like, I think mentorship, being able to help someone, empower someone. Okay. I like that. Retirement place. Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah? All yes. Right. Cartoon. <laughs> it's 
Tom and Jerry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why is that the first thing that came into my head? Tom and Jerry <laughs> is epic. I used to watch Tom and Jerry when I was younger. Like, that was the only thing that would shut me up when I was crying or being a right? jerk and just sit me in front yeah. of it. And it's actually one of the reasons why I like classical music so much. Me too. I, yeah. I think five. that's why I love High it. It's you. a really good cartoon. Yeah, go ahead. All right, drama. Like, any type of drama? Whatever comes to mind. Jane the Virgin. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys watch that? I used to, like, two years it got ago. got extra dramatic. That's why I think about it. I'm like, oh, this is a great telenovela. <laughs> Wow. It, it, how, how has it been on so long? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys have not watched that show, I highly recommend that you check it out. It's really good. All right, comedy. Oh, gosh. When I think of comedy, I think of my friend Kim Kurtz. Mm-hmm. Because she is a comedian, or at least she's she's trying to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I really she's she's amazing. So you should actually check out the things she has in the city. Okay, but so yeah. she's she's not just a friend that you find funny. She's an actual like yeah startup comedian. She's like one of my funniest friends I've ever had. Yeah. I think all my friends say that too. Uh, she worked where we worked okay, <laughs> at got some it. point. Yeah, um, and uh, and she's actually like following her dreams and and doing it. So when you think of comedy, you think of her. Excellent. All right. So this. This question always gets people, but I think it's an easy one for you, maybe. All right. What is happiness? Being able to be yourself 100%. No matter no matter what. Nice. Very good. Well, is there anything that you would like the listeners to know? There's a lot of things I'd like them to know. <laughs> uh... In, like, what regard? Whatever. Is there anything you want to leave the people with? I think it's, again, going back to the things I have talked about throughout. It's just the self-awareness. If you're trying to make a difference in something, uh, and maybe in this space especially, just figure out what you can do. Figure out the power that you have. Um, Know what your mission is. Know what your bigger picture is. But take it down to what you can do today to start moving the ball forward. Not nothing's gonna change in 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 twenty four hours, but you can definitely make a difference in what you can do today. So just I think that. Get out there and do something, guys. Absolutely. All right. Well thank you, Franny. It was such a good a good day to have you in the studio. Okay, so one last thing, I finally realized what that quote was. And it was if you wanna go fast, go alone. If you wanna go far, go together. Wow. I'm glad you took the time to find it. It's a very important quote. Say it one more time for us. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Very good. Um, please, everyone, follow her, connect with her. You want to give them your, your contact, your IG, your LinkedIn, sure. your website? <laughs> LinkedIn is Francis Melagrito. Would love to connect with you and uh, we share whatever you have to say. Uh, then Instagram is Franny underscore pants. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Follow me. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Thank you for joining the conversation. To learn more about Currency Shift, go to currencyshiftnow.com. If you feel as though you fit the criteria as the first, the only, or the disruptive, 
send us an email info at currencyshiftnow.com until next time keep pushing stay motivated and stay encouraged